Welcome, welcome. I am Kim Addis from Frame of Mind Coaching, and I am the host of Resilience Radio, where I interview professionals who are experts at crushing the tough stuff. Before I introduce my guest, I want to give you a journaling question of the day. Today, I want you to think of all the things you really want to do, see, accomplish, have before the end of your days. So I want you to write down what's on your bucket list. Think of at least 10 items and send them my way. Send them to Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Again, think of the things that you want to put on your bucket list, things that you want to accomplish, see, hear, have, anything, and write them down and send them my way. Looking forward to hearing from you. This morning, I have a very special guest because I met this guest at a speaking engagement, young, dynamic, handsome guy who's running a sizable company. His name is Jason Maxwell from Ottawa. Jason, welcome. Hi, thank you. <laughs> welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. So you are running a company called Clean One Clean Air. Is that right? That's right. One Clean Air. That's the name. Okay. So what is One Clean Air? What do you do? So, so One Clean Air, we do um, commercial and residential duct and carpet cleaning. So the air duct, the ventilation system, or cleaning carpets. Okay, so I'm going to go down a very interesting road here because I get about two, three calls a day from people who are asking me if I want duct cleaning services. How do you get your business? Um, so we do mul multiple different things. Um, the, these guys are, um, I think they might be good for us because most of the people know that they're not <clears throat> really good. So mm -hmm. that give us an advertising for a uh, real duct cleaner that do quality work. But for us, we'll be doing some um, online advertising on, on some Googles. We do pamphlet. We do um, uh, some specials for repeat customers to, to, to get them back. But And some Facebook advertising. That's what we would be doing. Okay, so you don't call people by cold calling and asking? Never. Uh, never. This is something that we'll, we'll never be doing. Is just um, mo even us from those people that you say they call you, they call us at the shop to see really? if we want some duck cleaning. Just they're, they're calling all the numbers. Okay, so I have a question. What do you think of those guys and how should we deal with them? Because I'm sure every single person who's listening is sitting there going, yeah, I've had those calls before. What's the best way to respond? Because it feels a little bit invasive. Um, I believe that you could look at it in, in, in a funny way as people call for, for no reason, but you could maybe, um, uh, there's some way that you can play with those people because you, you can't really uh, win. They'll always be calling you, uh, whatever you do, whatever list you pay to be on it, they'll always be calling you. So if you, you can just uh, joke around and uh, um, have some uh, they, they sometimes don't don't speak super well uh, English as well. So right. if, uh, maybe just joke around a little bit, but don't don't let them go in your house. Uh, we had some bad experiences from customer that used them before. Like, never use them. Never use them. So how do you differentiate yourself from them? Because when we think of air duct cleaning, that's what we think of right away. So how do you make that separation? How do you create a different view, a different reputation around duct cleaning? So, so what we noticed in the past, it's, it's, it's duct cleaning was more taboo in the past just because there's People don't understand what we're doing in the house. We come, we have equipment that makes some noise, and then what happened? Um, so what we change in technologies is taking some before and after pictures just to see the value. You, you kind of know that you'll be breathing better because you know you had a, them done. But if you didn't, maybe you won't notice the difference just because that's how humans are. 
But mm-hmm. when we take before and after pictures and um, we show the real difference, people understand how uh, bad the air in the house they were breathing. And a lot of people see the difference in, in regards of uh, quantity of dust that was in the house that is not there after um, we pass. And, and th- there's a way that um, we differentiate from those people in, in regards of um, the quality people, whenever you, you call us, we have, we're super knowledgeable in regards of question that you have in the service and explaining you deep the way we do the service. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, those salespeople will just go super briefly and they don't really have the tools or the, the way to know that knowledge because they're not really doing it actively. So I want to pause here because th- this is an important message for people to hear. You're taking pictures. Yeah. What are you taking pictures of? Like, how do you take pictures of the dust in the air? Is What do you, like, <laughs> right? So we, we uh, create access panels. So there's the return on the wall. We, we open those and we see the before and after or we do access panels. So connect or hoses to the system to um, do the vacuum. We'll be taking some before and after pictures. We open the system. You open the system and you take pictures of the the panels before and after. And inside. So, yeah. Inside. So what you're really saying is that sometimes the the real message is delivered when people have a visual demonstration of the effect that they're living in. That's right. Um, until they know, they, they, they maybe see that they have allergies when they're in the house, but they don't know why. And um, two, two solutions. Well, there's... Three main thing, if you have allergies in the house, it's either your carpets are dirty, allergens are in it, ducts are super dirty, or the product that you're using to clean the house is, is one of them. And they need to see. Until Even if we did the best job and it was full of dust, there was an inch of dust all over the place, until they see it, they don't realize how bad it was. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is uh, valuable for me because um, those people who are listening, are, a, a lot of them are running businesses. And a good question to ask is how can we create a visual demonstration of the impact of our work, our service, our product? How can we create a visual change to show people what it was like before and then what it was like after. I think that's very, very powerful. So I want to go into uh, learning a little bit about you on a more personal level. You're 24 years old. Yes. <laughs> You're a young guy and you run a big business. You have how many people working for you? We're 24 right now. Tw- 24 and 24. Yeah, we that's just got the new one <laughs> am- two weeks ago. <laughs> amazing. So, you know, that's a fairly sizable company. You have how many teams going out to do the work? We have eight full-time teams. Eight full-time teams. That's pretty amazing. And you went to school. What did you take while you were in school? So, so for me, school, um, I didn't know what I, I really want to do, but I did accounting just because I was good with numbers and I went to accountant. And if I see my dad always with the business before, I wanted to know the inside numbers to be able to manage something. So not really because I liked it, just because I want to understand the, the numbers. Mm-hmm. So your father was running this business before yes. and you were in school. And then were you working there in the summers? Like, how did it work? So, so for me, whenever I was younger, well, I'm still young, but um, I was doing a, uh, I was just doing part-time working when the guys were taken off. I was really working in the office when I was younger. And then in my last two years of school, um, something happened as there's first time ever, there's a uh, a course that I didn't pass. I got like 58.7 and the, the teacher didn't want to let me pass the course. And we I tried everything and all the nice words, but she didn't let me. She said, <laughs> like, you didn't pass. And right. I, I didn't understand why. And I, um, But the, the main reason is because 
just because of that event, I started working with my dad in the office because I had to wait six months before finishing the course, before going to university. And I just loved it. So that that's where um, without that, I would have just continued to university. But I started working with my dad and saw the help improvement in um, the growth of the business going just for helping him. Okay, so that's so how I started. How long was he running the business before you stepped in and and took over? And and I want to get to that big event in your life. But how long was he running the business by himself? It was about twenty five years. It was him, wow. and there was my mom in the back end just doing the paperwork at night after her, her shift. And it was only him. And uh-huh. then after the in the range of twenty five, twenty six years, I I started helping him, but he was by his own. Okay, so he was on his own for the first 25 years. And how big was the company in terms of the numbers of people who were working? Like, however, you can share that with us. Um, in, in maybe the best best season, it was in the 8 to 10. So we were about up to 10 maximum. 8 to 10 people? Yes. Okay. And so you stepped in. At first, you were just kind of working because you were hanging out, waiting for your new course to start. And so you got involved. And then... You finish your schooling, and you decided to join more permanently. Is that accurate? I just took a year. Um, so actually, I've been to school for, um, it was like 20 years. Well, not 20 years, but it, it was all the, the years never take a break. So I just said, I'll take a year, and then I'll start over next season, um, which I never really start again with the event that happened with my dad who passed away. Uh, but right. I was supposed to go back, and then this happened, and I had to take over, and I, I loved it as well. I, I wasn't... I so how old were four, you when he passed away? I was 21, 20, 21. Wow. And so was that a sudden event? Was he sick? Like, was that something that was a shock or was it something that you expected? It, it was shocking. Um, he was in great shape. It's just something that happened in, in the hospital. He he passed in all the holes of the, the system to uh, finish where he, he was, but he, it wasn't expected. Uh-huh. So he was in the hospital for some operation or something like that? I know. He just felt and the head is a head. So he was just doing some uh, fixing and uh-huh. many, many things happened. Uh, he was supposed like to go out the same day and uh, never went out. I see. So he was doing something, fixing something. He fell. He hit his head, ended up in the hospital, and that led to his death. Something like that. Something like that. Okay. So do you have any siblings? Uh, siblings is a uh, brother, sister. We do. Uh, there, I have my brother. Uh, he's 26 now. Oh, he's older than you. He's older. Yes. Interesting. So when this event happened, like, how did you react? How did your family react? Your mom, your brother, like, how did, how did it affect the family? It, it was super hard, um, for everyone. Uh, for me, I think I, I just put everything on my, on my shoulder just to maybe help the family as much as I could. But for my mom, it was devastating and, um, she couldn't work. She couldn't do anything because she's, they've been together for like 30 something years. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, they were hoping to do everything in the future together. Uh, my uncle, which is the brother of my father, he always been, my dad was the leader of the family, the one who put everybody together and the yeah. one who leads. If something happens, he'll take care of it. Um, so the leader was, was gone. So the family was like, well, what are we doing? Cause he was always leading to everything activities, mm-hmm. Uh, putting people together or helping anybody. He had Mm -hmm. always a solution. So how did it affect you on a personal level? Like you're, you were young, 
You know, when, when people lose their parents at the age of 40, 50, 60 even, it's pretty devastating. I can't imagine how you felt at the age of 21. I, I, I still don't understand how I felt or how what's the exact feeling of losing a parent. Um, it's, it's super hard. I just don't feel I've maybe even lived it so far, even three year or four years after, as um, what I did, I, I just worked. Um, so I, I, I completely closed everything and I was just working as I was almost new in the business and I had to take over everything and put everything on my shoulders. So that the 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 feeling that I should have lived, which most of the people lived, but not really me, I was just working to put more effort because I was stressed about maybe uh, you know, making sure that the business was running and all mm-hmm. the families and making sure that they eat and that they get their jobs still, mm-hmm. uh, the employees that have been there for so long. Right. So your reaction was actually not emotional. Your reaction was to say, okay, I have a huge responsibility right now. I don't have time to feel bad. I have to roll up my sleeves and jump in and take over the business. That's that's what I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like no emotion really going forward for a goal. And uh, what about your brother? He was older than you. Was there ever a time when he said, maybe I should take over the business? Um, no, like he was working uh, technical and like inside the company as a technician. And yeah. when this happened, um, he wasn't really in, he, he was not in the business to do those, those paperwork and um, organization. He was more as a tech and he wasn't ready for that at this time. He was like more uh, playing around with his friends and um, party time a little more. And um, now he's with us, but it took a, a good year and a half before he does anything and get involved in managing the business. So what, I mean, what was the difference between you and him? You grew up in the same family, but you had a sense of responsibility. You had a sense of leadership. Like, like why? Why do you think that was? Why do you think that there was such a big difference between the two of you, especially since you were the younger one and it would seem like normally the older one steps into that role? Yeah, it it would have been this. He was more in, in in maybe the party side as me. I I I didn't get too much in it because once I start working in the business, I've never been too much a partier. Um, once in a while with some friends, but uh, I I like to feel good the next morning, so I always make sure that I'm good the same day. Uh, but he was more still partying and he wasn't ready, so he didn't want to take that responsibility. And me, I just felt like I was ready because. I've been there for about a year doing what my dad was doing. So, right. And he prepared me on, on the same summer just before that happened as I was managing the business for like three weeks, four weeks as he was in vacation, which mm-hmm. he never took that long vacation. But um, so that's kind of prepared me and I, I got everything some, uh, at this time while I was managing because it's super hard when you're the young kid managing the 40 years old. It, it, yeah. it is hard. Um, yeah. The, and how does your brother handle you leading him? Um, maybe at this time it was hard because he didn't want to listen uh, often. Uh, in the past, now we're a super good team. Uh, but in the past, he was complicated. Um, he didn't want to. He, he was just, just not as motivated. And, and I tried, you know, I need some help. Like, it'll help me doing some stuff. But he, he was just not mentally ready to do it. So it, it was complicated as, you know, you want to have your brother to be your second hand and help you. But at this time, he wasn't. So I was just by my own. And I kind of felt alone at, at this right. time. And uh, did you fight? Or did you just ignore him and move along? Uh, we 
fight a couple, a little bit, but at, at some point I was just ignoring him. Uh, and I don't like to get too much into fight. It happened once in a while, uh, once uh, or twice, and then I just stopped. And then whenever he's ready, um, he, he he'll take over. So you have this interesting characteristic, which is a high level of focus, right? At a very young age, you decided to go run the business. Your dad passed away and you focused even more. And even while you maybe, you know, got into a few battles with your brother, you said, I don't have time for this. I need to focus. Yes. And even again, I met you. I know that a very important component of your life is your health, right? Being in good yes. shape, exercising, et cetera. And and you're and I remember the question you brought up, which was, how do I balance my physical health with the fun side of my life? Mm-hmm. Do I did I remember accurately? It was super good. Yes, uh, that that's something like that. I explained. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so how do you have that level of focus, and how do you balance? Like, did you find a resolution for that? Where did you land? Um, so far, I don't think I, I, I I've improved in that um but i i i put less stress on myself to be as best version of myself in the way i think i should be uh, since i talked with you because uh, you were like why you want to do this that much and i'm just like because i need to but i didn't really know why and it may be just because i saw some other other people that were successful that were doing it this way so i'm trying to implementing what the other successful are doing and just putting in my routine. Right. So, so, so go back. Okay. Cause you're being general and I want people to understand you wanted to what exercise how long every day. Like, I don't remember all the, um, details, it was so. like, I, I wanted to be up. The ideal would be if I can be up like four 30 and then every, every morning I can uh, train and then my, my hour of training. And then, um, from like, it's every day I need to wake up at like four 30 so I can take advantage of my day and, um, be in bed early but it's in eat well during the day and I just feel like it's something that is not natural to me but yeah I I want to do it but I just never get motivated enough to do it yeah so this is a very important thing because we have a lot of very very highly driven people that we coach and they have an idea of what they should be doing the word Mm -hmm. should is very critical and their idea is well I should be waking up at 4 30 or 5 in the morning and I should take advantage of that time and I should be working out and I should be eating properly and and I should be reading books and I should you know and there's a whole long list of shoulds Mm -hmm. and while some of those are great things to aspire to and to incorporate in your life Um, what happens is when we fall a little bit short, we end up beating ourselves up. And that beating process, consciously or unconsciously, actually slows us down, right? We're not conscious of it. And so when I met you, I saw that's exactly what you're doing. I should be doing X, Y, and Z. And when I don't, what does that mean? Oh, well, you know, like I'm less than I should be, right? And so you're not uncommon in the idea that, well, uh, you know, like I've learned from you know, so many people that waking up super early is the way to go. And, and so for me personally, you're, um, you're a great example of that highly driven, highly motivated young individual who has a specific idea of what needs to be in place. And sometimes that idea clashes with your natural state. And so you find yourself forcing yourself to do what you think you should do and when you do that, you're in conflict with yourself. You're in a battle. That battle actually slows you down. Takes Very interesting. Right? Yes, you're right. Yeah. So 
so so uh, so you're running this company. It's grown quite substantially. You're a part of a group called Tech. And for those of you who have never heard of Tech, Tech is the executive committee, and it's a group that runs uh, all over Canada. And you're in a group that runs in Ottawa. What's it like to be in this group? You're probably the youngest one in the group. What is it like to be around other people who have uh, been running companies longer and maybe are just older than you? Um, I, at the beginning, I felt intimidated because it was the first time that I was always, whenever we do meetings, surrounding myself with people that, you know, it, it's, it's not a friends who I'm not as successful, like they're, they're as or more successful, so I just feel s smaller so I was yeah. intimidated, but um, I, I changed that and I'm more inspired by those people. And it, it's super great to have those those tips and, and knowledge that they give me from their experience. So they, they had and they miss a chance many times. So they, they, they tell me that while, I, while I'm young. So I, I can get all the, the juice from them that is super good until mm -hmm. making the error myself. Right. So you're learning from their experiences. A lot. Um, and uh, it, it, for me, it was interesting to see you there because I found that you were keeping up just fine. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, it was inspiring for me to see you in that room. And I encourage a lot of young people your age to participate. One of, the, you know, one of the benefits is to be around other people who are just as motivated, just as driven as you, being successful. One of the things you do is you read a lot, right? Like you, you are tapped into a lot of podcasts, reading materials. Tell me about that practice. Um, it, it's just, I, I like it. I don't like doing nothing. So if there's a way that I could just, uh, if I do the laundry while I can listen to something or while I'm driving, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm smarter every time I listen to one and then I can implement this either to my life or to help someone. This is <laughs> things that I, I like. If I could, um, listen to a book or read a book and give it to someone and that changed a part of my life for some behavior that I do. I just feel good about when people say, hey, thank you, because that helped me. Mm -hmm. Is there any book or podcast or anything, a lesson, a course that you took that you would recommend to our audience? Um, there, there's, I, I'm in the, um, right now in the Grant Cardone uh, books that I'm reading in regards yep. of, of mindset uh, business, which is, is um, I, I'm reading all of them right now. Uh, good, uh, uh, it's uh, uh, be be good or uh, no, the I can't remember the exact name, but, but the, has, the author uh, is Grant Cardone. Yes, um, he's yep. he's super great. Super great. Okay, good. So as we round the corner of this podcast, you have a coach on the line. Is there a question that you have for me, this coach? I do. Okay. Good question, and. Um, eager to see what you'll answer. How do you find purpose? How do you find like the the thing that always give you the extra motivation to do the extra mile? You know, it's it's a very interesting question and and it and it lines up a lot with uh, the question of what's your why? Right? Like we've heard that before. What's your why? Simon Sinek did a TED talk. A lot of people know Simon Sinek and I, and I feel that your why is an important question, but it's not as important as another question. But like I, I look at it and I think my why is the same as your why, is the same as his why and her why. What's my why? My why is to 
live an extraordinary life, but anything I want, whatever that is, is because I believe it's going to make me happier, more fulfilled, more satisfied. So when you think about it, Jason, you say, well, why do I want to wake up at 4.30 in the morning? Or why do I want to exercise so much? Why do I want to eat healthy? Because I think it's going to make me feel good. I think it's going to help me achieve my goals. I think it's going to help me feel that sense of satisfaction. And ultimately, everybody wants what they want. Their why is for that feeling of satisfaction, for that feeling of being proud. And you know, it's essentially the same feeling we're all after, right? So, so if you ask me about my purpose, it's for that feeling, that feeling of satisfaction. But for me, that's not the really important question. The really important question is, what's your why not? So in other words, if you have a vision of what you want, what's stopping you from living that vision? What's getting in your way? And most often, almost always, it has to do with our thinking. It has to do with our beliefs. It has to do with our perspectives, our values, our expectations, our experiences of the past. And so, you know, the bigger problem is not figuring out what we want or why we want what we want. The bigger problem is figuring out what's stopping us from living that life. Why not? Right? So, and if we look very deeply, we'll notice that we see the world in certain ways. So just as you were talking about being intimidated, right? Being in that room, that could have stopped you completely. You could have said, no, I'm not going to join this group of people who are all in their 40s or 50s. I don't feel like I fit in. And that would be a story you're telling yourself that would stop you from joining this group. But you said, okay, I feel a little intimidated, but I'm going to do it anyways. A lot of people allow those stories to stop them. And it could be anything. could be, well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not young enough. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough education. Who am I to deserve these things? And those are the questions that interfere with a, a person's ability to have what they want and to live their purpose. Does that make sense to you? Makes too much sense. Yeah, a lot. Makes too much sense. So we often say, what's your purpose? And okay, it's a good question. But the, the bigger, the more important question is, what's getting in your way? What's your why not? What's stopping you from living what you really want? And when you stop and ask someone, to tell their story of why not, ah, now you start getting somewhere. And that's what I do. From a coaching perspective, I work with very highly driven people like you. And even highly driven people feel frustrated. They feel stuck sometimes. Or they bump into the same problems over and over again. And it's because of that very question, how is your thinking getting in the way? So there you go, Jason. It's been so much fun talking to you. It's so um, inspiring to see someone young picking up their socks and picking up the responsibility and jumping in and growing a business. Um, you know, you've been through a hard time and you seem to have really a lot of resilience to kind of move on and stay focused, even when everything's not always going your way. So my hat's off to you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate the talk. It was in. Uh, so, so my, my my mind is spinning right now. What's your why not? That's something uh, me or the audience, many people will have to think about. Uh, well, I yeah. hope they do. And you know what? If anybody's thinking about what their why not is and they want someone to talk to about that, then I invite everyone to come to frameofmindcoaching.com and right there on the front page, 
you can request a complimentary coaching call. So I encourage you to do that. Maybe it'll help. All right, Jason, thank you. And I hope that our paths cross, cross again very shortly. Thank you. Have a good day.